That voice you're hearing is Bex Taylor Klaus, one of the stars of Netflix's Voltron Legendary Defender, an animated series that just posted its seventh season, leading into its eighth and final. On this triumphant return of Electric Shadow from what seems like the other side of the galaxy and a few years being lost in between, we dive deep. We go all the way back to just before the first season of the show was released with a couple of interviews with Kimberly Brooks, who plays Princess Allura, and Neil Kaplan, who plays Emperor Zarkon. Then we jump forward to this very summer of 2018, when at MegaCon Orlando, I shared the stage with Jeremy Shada, better known to fans of the show as Lance, who uh, well, we'll, start, we'll say that he starts out as the Blue Lion on the show. And then finally, we'll swing back around to just a couple weeks ago at Fan Expo Canada in Toronto, where I shared the stage with Bex Taylor Klaus, Jeremy Shada, Josh Keaton, who plays Shiro, and Kimberly Brooks, and played a little bit of a game show format of a Q&A. Now, you are going to get spoiler warnings if you're not up on the show. You can listen to the first couple of these interviews without any spoilage whatsoever. But once we get to Jeremy's onstage interview, we do get into some spoilers for the end of Season 5. You may be new to the show. You may have been watching the show and fallen behind. But we want to make sure that we preserve any of the twists, turns, and surprises that we possibly can for you. This episode of Electric Shadow is brought to you by you, the listener. We've got some sponsors that have uh, still been backed up from the original run of the show that we're going to be putting into upcoming episodes. But for this return, uh, which for some of you may be the very first time you're listening to this show, I wanted to just give as much of the time to you, the listener, as possible. And I'll talk to you a little bit about how you can directly support the show if you'd like to do that, uh, which is the kind of thing that makes podcasts like these more sustainable for the long term and directly accountable to you, the listener. Now, back to Voltron. If you aren't familiar with the show at all, the simplest way that I would set it up for you is that a collection of human, Earth-based soldiers find themselves suddenly transported to the far side of the galaxy and flying giant robot lions that, uh, when they do their job right, come together to form one big giant robot to defend the galaxy. It may sound childish, it may sound silly, it may sound like the kind of thing that uh, you have a, a younger relation that would be more into. But if you like science fiction, if you're into shows like Star Trek, if you're into movies like Star Wars, there is a little bit of something in this for just about everybody. As ridiculous as you may try to think that a bunch of robot lions coming together and forming one big giant robot might sound. There's a lot of depth, a lot of deep humanity, uh, empathy, uh, that is absolutely plastered all over this show. It is deceptive at first. It seems like a kid's cartoon, but there's a lot more to it under the surface. Now, if you have already been a listener of Electric Shadow, you know that voiceover and animation are two things that I love talking about, and one of the topics that keeps coming up is legendary voice director Andrea Romano. You'll be hearing plenty about her, about the background of these actors as fans themselves, of various things that they were into, they are into, in many ways just as much as fans of Voltron have embraced this show, have embraced this story, and have embraced the journeys of these various characters. It's a cartoon. It's the kind of cartoon that when I was a kid you would watch on Saturday mornings. But that doesn't mean that cartoons just have to be for kids. Animation's a medium, not a genre not something that is specifically locked to one age group. So yes, indeed, you may very well look at this show and say, this looks like a cartoon just for kids. I'm an adult. I'm a grown human being. I don't know that this is for me. 
you might want to reconsider that when you look at this cartoon or various others. Even though there's plenty of humor and the situations are wrapped together to make that kid-friendly rating possible, there's a lot of meaningful, deeply felt stuff in this show that is one of the reasons that I recently got together with my friends over at The Incomparable to do a wrap-up of Season 7 of the show, which is very much the culmination of a lot of the things that they've been setting up, as well as a darker tone, uh, full-on war stories that are being told in the later phases of this show. Again, without spoiling anything. The beautiful thing that Voltron Legendary Defender does is, as my friend Anthony Johnston really uh, beautifully put it, is that maybe the cartoons that we were into as kids, even if you want to include the original Voltron among those, Star Blazers, uh, various others, even if looking back on them now, they don't necessarily age terribly well, they, uh, they may not hold up, you might say. The thing that Voltron does magnificently well is capture the feeling of your memories of watching those cartoons. Nostalgia is not such a bad thing when it's about summoning up the spirit of cooperative collaboration among friends and people who may not necessarily start out friends but might end up that way by the end. You're listening to Electric Shadow, a podcast about the story of cinema as told by the storytellers that are making it. Without further ado, let's go all the way back to the summer of 2016. Oh, those wonderful innocent times. Before the premiere of season one of Voltron Legendary Defender for my chat with Kimberly Brooks. To kick things off, what were you a fan of as a kid? What were you into? Whether it was cartoons, movies, TV, was there something that you were just really into that was your, your appointment viewing, the thing that you made time for, that you finished your homework early to, to watch? Or didn't do my homework at all to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely um, was a TV addict by definition. I watched everything. So cartoons, and it's so great because, I mean, I, I didn't know I was going to be doing this, obviously, later in life. So there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I was a fan of, and now I'm getting getting to work on it. And it's, it's like a dream come true. And Voltron is definitely one of those. Um, so I watched Voltron. It was on after school. And um, I, I liked it a lot. I, of course, loved Princess Alora, and um, I've actually worked with that actress on Scooby-Doo um, <laughs> a couple of times, so I was like an offer. But uh, anyway, so um, that was definitely a part of my childhood, and I'm so excited to be a part of this new rebooting of that. So this, of that, uh, this, you know, Voltron. this, this particular um, uh, recording that you guys did, was it, was it a group record? Did they record you guys separately? I know that that separate recording is, is a lot more common than it used to be, but in particular, Andrea really likes being yeah. able to get everybody in the room at the same time. Andrea Romano is not just my favorite voice director, but probably one of my favorite people just on the planet. <laughs> He's such an awesome person. Um, not only, and I've, and I've been lucky because I've worked with her quite a bit over my you know 20 plus years of doing voiceover. Um, she is amazing at getting you comfortable so that when it's time to record, you just, it's just, it's almost like effortless. Um, she, not only do we get, does she try to make it happen that as many actors are in the room as possible, but and I remember for the very first episode, we actually did a table read of the script before we recorded, which is just not done. It's just not done in voiceover. So, um, 
it's it was great to have that and to get to know the characters and um, she's just so dialed in and she knows how and her technique is so amazing. Sorry, I'm getting call waiting. Hope I didn't get cut off. Um, her technique's so amazing that I kind of rely on her in a way to like so she doesn't let you get away with any BS. She also um, wants it to be so good and she keeps you consistent and at least in my case, I feel like she's got my back. And I, I appreciate her so much. In fact, I, you know, I tell her that as often as I can because she wants it to be good. And I'm working with an accent and there might be something that's like a little bit off and she'll catch it. And I love that. And she, she also knows how to get everybody into their character. So she's amazing. So you've got uh, Reese Darby as uh, as uh, I, I think I think it's it's fair to say Princess Alora's sidekick. Um, was yeah. he was he was he <laughs> present for the group records? This guy's hilarious. I'm I'm glad that he's getting he's getting more uh, more attention and and uh, more of the spotlight uh, as he's as he's come over he's, from 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 New Zealand. It's such a privilege to be in the booth with him because and the writers at this point know that. Um, they can just give him a little something and then he can just riff. And he has everyone on the floor in stitches. Every session we had, he, we were all in stitches. So um, he's a hilarious in person, just as he is on the show. People are going to love Karan. He's more than the comic relief. He's a really charming character. And, um, you know, Reese has just done an amazing job of making that character come to life. So... I'm really excited for people to see Koran and, and Allura because it's a good balance because Allura can be very serious. You know, she's just, she's kind of got this frown, bur- you know, um, what do you call it? A frown, not a frown, but like a, you know, just a, yeah, a, a, a look brow. of determination on her face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Furred brow. But like a look of determination on her face because that's what's going on in her life right now. So it's a good balance to have um, Koran and Allura have their little banter. It's wonderful. Well, to, to wrap things up, um, you, uh, you're a fan of the cartoon from growing up. And I know that mm-hmm. a lot of people who are fans of the cartoon, they're, they're concerned. They're, they're like, Oh no, they're going to, they're going to remake it. And you know what that word means. <laughs> um, was, I know. was, was there any, uh, any, any of the other cast that you worked with that, that was, uh, that was a, a pleasant or interesting surprise for you being able to experience it from that perspective of somebody who, Grew up watching these characters in a different, uh, different iteration, but with a lot of a lot of very stark similarities from from what I saw last night. Um, any any particular mm-hmm. performances that that just that just uh, you know surprised and delighted you? Any of that kind of stuff? I feel like I've I've been surprised and delighted on everything that we've recorded so far. The casting is unbelievable. Um, everybody's character is just dialed in and and the writers have done a great job of giving you know the actors a really you know a lot to play with because there's such great backstories for all of these characters um but i would say yeah there's a lot of comedy there's a lot of laughing um everybody's hilarious josh keaton is another one who grew up watching the show he knows way too much about voltron because (laughs) he has all of these little inside little details and um so when i need to know something a little bit more specific Josh will usually break it down for me, but um, yeah, it's just been great fun. I just I can't say it enough of just the cast, the the creators, the camaraderie, the feel in the record sessions has been just a, like a dream, like probably my favorite thing I've ever worked on. 
Now a chat with the fearsome, the devilish Neil Kaplan, who is one of the sweetest guys in the world uh, to follow on Twitter if you're not already doing that. We get into some of his fandoms, uh, some of his apprehensions of following in the footsteps of other voice actors who he idolizes, who uh, maybe he just so happens to know. What were you into as a kid, whether it was movies, TV, cartoons, comic books? I mean, what, what were you a fan of? A lot of people are fans of Ultron, fans of various different properties that you've worked on. Uh, but what were you a fan of as a kid, Neil? I was a huge Trekkie as a kid. Huge Trekkie. Um, big fan of uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoons, you know, the basic Saturday morning stuff that was on in the, in the 70s. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say it was primarily those couple of things. And then as I got older, uh, baseball somehow edged a lot of that out of my soul. <laughs> what, uh, what led you into acting? What, what got you into acting? Uh, people, I find a lot of times voice actors get into acting, whether through theater or, or another means, and they find their way into voice acting. What was your path like? Yeah, you know, I um, I grew up kind of always fascinated by the human voice. Um, I, I I listened to and appreciated uh, old radio shows when I was a kid um, through the influence of, of a, a, an elementary school teacher that uh, had been involved in my life and my mother's life. Um, and even before that, uh, I, I was the kid who did impressions in elementary school. I was the eight-year-old who did Jimmy Stewart impressions and, and stuff like that. Um, I grew up watching a, a TV show called Copycats, which was sort of a precursor to Saturday Night Live, where the characters were more vocally based than putting on makeup and indicating that you were you were Richard Nixon uh, you did you had to do it vocally so that just always inspired me um, and then when I finally got into theater uh, still in elementary school but when I got into theater uh, my characters always started from a, a, a vocal point and and my choices either supported that voice or would alter that voice, but the voice somehow always came first. In doing your, your theater work, did so, you find... So, you know, I was studying music. No, no, no. no, 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 no I, go I ahead, was go just going to say, ahead. so when I was studying, uh, when I was studying musical theater in New York, um, I, through uh, my uncle, met somebody who had a radio show and ended up doing drop-ins for his um, for his show on CBS FM, and got myself behind the mic and went, "Wait, this is kind of comfortable. This is kind of fun." Took a took a class, and one thing led to another, and I found that the stage fright that I was having problems dealing with as a stage actor were no longer an issue. Um, when I worked behind the mic. And then, of course, when you ca uh, combine that with the factor of if you can play it, you can play it. So there's that freedom of, of the imagination 
that really fueled my my love for the art. In terms of the kinds of characters that you played as a as a theater actor, as a musical theater actor, um, were you did you find yourself uh, I wouldn't say pigeonholed, but w- specializing in in character roles, what people would would typically consider, you know, some something that wasn't necessarily the you know the romantic lead, that kind of a thing. Uh, and did that did that extend into your life as a voice actor? Yes, most definitely. Um, probably the most boring thing I've ever done on stage was playing a character called Hero in a show titled A uh, Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. <laughs> and it was the romantic lead, it was the heroic character, and it was just duller than dirt, you know? And so, yeah, I was definitely always the character guy. As a matter of fact, when I went to my, high, you know, 20, high, 20, or 20 and 25 year high school reunion had a lot of people telling me you look the same. And it's like, no, this is just how you used to see me on stage. This is the same white hair that I used to put on as makeup and the same wrinkles that I used to draw in are just now real, you know? So all the characters I used to play as a kid, I'm actually old enough to play. So uh, I think one of these days I'll need to go back and do some stage work again. That's great. I, I I did forum once, and uh, and we I, I played Marcus Lycus and a buddy of mine who played Pseudolus and I. We were like, oh, that poor guy playing hero. He's got to come on and do that that tremendously boring song again. Poor guy playing the romantic lead. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's rough. It's rough. Uh, so well, I was told. I was told by the director. In fact, you know, when we were partway through the run, he he thanked me and he said, you know. I could have cast you as Pseudolus, but we wouldn't have had a hero. And I could have cast you as Hysterium, and you'd have been great. And we wouldn't have had a hero. And I could have cast you as Marcus Lycus, but you, we would have been without a hero. And he, you know, basically named off all the fun roles, all the, <laughs> all the, all the other guys in the show that I could have played, but then they would have been without a you know, a hero. So it's like, you know, thank you for the, for, for doing the, the boring, heavy lifting, you know, and everybody else has the fun songs and everybody else has the, you know, the, the wonderfully lascivious material. You get to be boring. <laughs> here's, here's the milk toast part. Do, do what you want with it. So I, I, I imagine that, um, yeah, that that, uh, that working working on on something like Voltron, where you're getting to play a heavy, um, and as as I understand it, were were you part of the group records that they did? Yes. So I know that that's not always the way that these things go. A lot of times they record people separately these days. You've done a lot of video game work. I know a lot of that is grunting and screaming for hours and uh, and and uh, and wishing for a way out. Uh, you know what? What is the difference that a group recording atmosphere does uh, for for uh, for somebody like you who's done this a lot and who doesn't always have that opportunity to to actually do the kind of group reading, you know, theatrical performance kind of uh, kind of experience when you're doing VO? 
Well, it does allow for, you know, a little bit of that, 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 that inspiration in the moment, that chemistry that you'll get from combining actors in, in the room. Um, and it really did help to settle in, you know, a, a feeling for the, for the rest of the records. Now, as we went further on, um, we did do less and less group recording because we do have, you know, a couple of cast members which are who are also cast members on popular television shows, and they had to be out of town to film, um, you know, and we certainly did miss their presence, but having worked with them, you know, we could draw on that a little bit. And that's where... That's where the strength and brilliance of, of, of a director like Andrea really comes into play. You know, some of, the, some of the best work I've ever done has been under her supervision, you know, and, 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 and following her leadership. She was the director on StarCraft II, which I think it was some of the best work I've ever done. And when I sit there and watch the cinematics from that game, I almost have to remind myself that the actors were never in the same room at the same time. And what people don't realize is how important the director is in that case, because if you miss set up, a, if you set an actor's frame of reference in the wrong place, whether that's physically or emotionally or mentally, Something's not going to ring true in that scene when you hear it back later. It's just, it's, it's almost like it's subconscious. You'll notice that something just doesn't feel right. And so that's where a director's strength really comes into play when you've got actors who aren't playing off of each other, aren't in that same room. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy for a talented actor to go down the wrong path because they're not led firmly enough or they're, they're not led sure-handedly enough or they're left to their own devices. And then somebody, somebody has to edit that together and make it coherent. You know, that's really tough. But when you've got somebody like Andrea, you know, that's, you know, you, you know, she's going to, going to have you going in the right direction you know she's going to set that mood when you're working alone that it's going to it's going to work you know and and um, certainly when you learn that you know you become a little bit more fearless you become a little bit more daring um, and then because I do do a lot of my work on video games and I do work by myself so often that uh, I can get into a position where when I'm doing a, a third, a second, third, fourth, or fifth take, where I'm just sitting there going, oh, no, why am I taking so long? And then you get to work on a show where you work with other people and you watch them do ADR or you hear them flub a line or you hear them just kind of for, forget the character momentarily and all of a sudden, it's like you get this affirmation that you're allowed to be human because you see these other people who you respect, you respect their work, 
you respect their technique, you respect their end result so much that when you see them being human, it's like, oh yeah, I'm allowed to be human too. So I've been given so many gifts on a professional level from being able to do this show, um, work with these incredible people, you know, and watch them do their thing, you know, that uh, it's, 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 it's helped me learn and grow on, uh, in so many ways. I don't think I'll fully understand it for a long time. That's great. I've just got one more for you and, and kind of on, on that same thread. Uh, was there anybody that you got, not spoiling anything, Ooh, of okay. course. <laughs> uh, was there anybody that you got to uh-huh. play with in a scene in particular that was that was particularly fun, that was particularly rewarding, that was that, that kind of thing where you, you came out of the, the session that day, you know, with a with a big smile on your face because you really got to, you got to dig into the kind of, you know, you, you would say the, the, the pseudolus Marcus Lycus back and forth uh, that uh, that you don't always get to when you're stuck in a booth. Yeah. So many people. I mean, from from top to bottom. I I've known Kimberly Brooks, who's pro- playing Princess Allura, for more years than I think she'd like to admit. Um, but to work with her after knowing her all these years, we've been on video games together, where we were never in the room together. But to to see her and to hear her and to hear the character she's playing was was wondrous. I, I mean, my henchwoman, my henchwoman, my sidekick, my confidant, my 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 scepter holder is Cree Summer. Cree Summer for crying out loud! I mean. If she ain't the queen of animation, she's certainly nominated for it. She has worked on so many classic things, you know, that it's incredible to know that that's my backup. You know, she inspires me every single time I see her. Not only is she an amazing talent, she's an incredible... It, 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 this sounds bad, this sounds so hokey and so show-busy, but she really is an amazing human being. She, to, for me to, to bask in her essence as a person and as a talent, I have one lucky man. And then when you talk about Reese Darby, Reese is so funny. He just functions on a completely different wavelength. It's, it's amazing. And at this point, I've known, I've known Josh Keaton for a half a decade, you know, from from having worked together on StarCraft II. And be, I mean, he's he's Spider-Man. He's Green Lantern. And he's Hero. I mean, come on. The guy is the voice of, of, of a hero. And I mean that in a good way. And to hear him and to watch him act and to, and to see him play this character and, and, and Steven, please, I mean, how... How do I sit there? How do we sit there and not dork out as a fan of The Walking Dead because I'm working next to Steven? Okay? And and he's so darn good in the role. You know, so it's like, you know, I've got the fanboy part of my brain that sits there and is so thrilled to be working with him. 
And then I sit there and go, he's, he's, this isn't, this isn't some celebrity casting here. This is a, he's, wow, he's good. What he does with, with, what he does, you know, with, 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 with Keith is just, I mean, it's, it's really solid work. And I mean, you know, Ty, another guy who's just hilarious and cracks me up and is the embodiment of his character. He is Hunk and Hunk is Ty, you know, and, 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 and to hear Jeremy who, who I've gotten so familiar with from, from adventure time to hear this, this other aspect of him. And he's just really embodies Lance. And then to top it all off, I mean, I just have such a professional crush on on Bex. I just I I love every time I get to work with with this woman. Pidge is such a great character and is so much fun. Um, I I just I sit here and I hope that the fans will love it as much as as I did. And I got to tell you, I don't love it because I'm in it. I love it because I'm a fanboy. I love it because I'm a guy goes to Comic Con and sits out in the audience and and eats it up, whether it's a whether it's a Walking Dead panel or a Futurama panel or an Animaniacs panel or a cosplay panel. I mean I'm a I'm a fanboy. And I loved what I've seen so far. And I I just I, I, I ooze with enthusiasm. You know, just literally because of what every member of this team brings to it, whether it's Andrea or Joaquin or Lauren or the writing staff or the designers. I mean, the look of this show is just so great that I'm just, I, I know it may never happen again, and I'm enjoying each and every moment of it, each and every moment of getting to work with these people, each and every moment of getting to be a part of it, and I'm looking forward to enjoying the fans' enjoyment. Well, it's a lot of fun, man. I, I saw the you know the the, uh, the the pilot movie, as it were, and uh, and it's got me wanting to watch more. And I, I watched the original as a kid, but uh, you know I don't have a, a super encyclopedic right. memory of it. But the, the any if there were any concerns that I had, I don't know that I did because I mean you look at that cast, you look at the production team that's behind it, you look at the quality of the animation. It's um, especially the fact that you guys are going out on Netflix. I mean, that's that's the ideal. That's what that's what people are going to want to do is watch episode after episode after episode. You know, like they're coming home from school <laughs> and watching it. You know, watching it watching it at four p.m. Uh, that kind of thing. So I, you know, I I, I couldn't yeah. uh, I couldn't give you more more enthusiastic uh, plaudits uh, over this. You know, cartoon for kids that you know I I'll be damned. It's it's pretty it's pretty entertaining for adults too. No, this is this is one that the whole family is going to be able to to sit down and watch and enjoy, and you know, I mean, I think I think we've got some some characters who are some decent role models for 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 kids. Um, I think uh, you know it, it's it's good storytelling that will allow conversation between uh, parent and child um, and. You know, the, whether it's the nostalgia of the parents. And the interesting thing about it is we're honoring the original and yet 
doing something new at the same time and and from both aspects i think i think it's firing on all pistons well you you mentioned you know honoring the original and following another performance and i i'd be remiss i would i'd probably kick myself to not to not ask you know the one other guy who's done optimus prime what it was like filling those 16 wheeler size shoes it's pretty amazing you know and and i'm doing it again but this time, the, the difference is with Optimus Prime, I didn't know Peter. I just knew his voice. And so I tried to honor that sound and that essence. But this time, I'm doing something completely new, and yet I also knew the actor who played him originally. I, I, I know Jack Angel. I adore Jack Angel. And I only hope that I, uh, that I make him proud with... Uh, with the original choices that I've made playing Zarkon. Thanks again to Neil Kaplan for giving me more time than I was actually originally allotted. He just uh, kept barreling through, probably frustrating the publicist from DreamWorks to no end. Now, before we jump in with Jeremy Shada at Megacon 2018, uh, that was recorded just a, a couple short months ago, as I record this, I should mention that during that chat, we do get into spoilers for season five of Voltron, and from then on, it's just spoiler town, spoiler town the whole way through. So, if you are spoiler averse, once that chat with Jeremy starts, you're probably going to want to hit pause, come back later on so that you're not spoiled on things. So that I get a couple of things out of the way, uh, the show is back. The show has been gone for a while um, in in the same way that in some cartoons, who knows, maybe Voltron is one of the ones I'm talking about. Uh, some heroes disappear for protracted periods of time and it makes you very anxious. For those of you who have listened to the show, who are still listening to the show, who are still subscribed to the feed, thank you so much. Uh, for sticking with me during some of the greatest turmoil that I've ever gone through personally. Um, I want the show to remain about the show, but the show is is my show, and to an extent, I'm accountable to you, and uh, and I want you to know how much I appreciate you sticking with me. Uh, whether you are a longtime listener or brand new listener, Electric Shadow is a show that is going to jump from animation to live action to classic films to 80s nostalgia, there are upcoming episodes with the cast of Steven Universe, um, Leah Thompson, Tom Wilson, and Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. I've got a Star Wars series that we're going to get to later in the fall. Um, some Doctor Who stuff that's going to be timed very specifically for the start of the new uh, Jodie Whittaker series of Doctor Who's uh, 13th Doctor. Um, chats with Alex Kingston, chat with uh, Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey uh, that I have not recorded as of my recording this, but is coming up in just a week and a half at Megacon Tampa Bay. So there's a lot of stuff coming, and the best way that you can support it is by contributing to the show directly. You'll find links in the show notes and at esn.fm slash membership for signing up for a recurring membership. Five bucks a month? Great. Ten bucks a month? Whatever you can spare is something that is appreciated and makes a difference. You can also contribute directly. I'll have my PayPal link, Cash App link, Venmo link, um, available right there so that you can directly support the show. As much as I love our sponsors, having a base layer of support from you, the audience, is something that, as the podcasting world has evolved over the last couple of years, has made a lot of shows sustainable that would not have been otherwise. So you are going to hear sponsors. Uh, I very strictly vet these sponsors so that you know that they're good because I can endorse them personally. I'm into what they do, and 
I, I'm not just reading copy off of a sheet. I'm telling you how I actually feel about something. So instead of sponsor reads, I just wanted to, to talk to you straight from the hip, uh, unscripted about what you can do to support the show. So go to esn.fm slash membership if you want to help out. If you like what you're hearing so far, that is the best way to do it. And this is the closest to a PBS pledge drive as you're going to hear me do uh, going forward. There are member incentives. Uh, there are extended cuts of different things, including uh, this chat with Jeremy Shada. Uh, I'm going to need a couple of weeks to get this stuff up and rolling. But in, in part of my editing work for this episode is cleaning up and making available the extended cut of this chat which, for the purposes of this episode, focus mostly on the Voltron stuff. In the longer version of it, there's some discussion of Adventure Time. Keep in mind, this is months before the finale aired. As well as other little things. Uh, Mr. Student Body President, uh, if, if you're a fan of, of some deep cuts among Jeremy's oeuvre, um, then that stuff is in there too. And who knows, I might even be throwing in some bits, uh, or even the entire Q&A that I did with him at Fan Expo Dallas uh, a couple months before the Megacon Q&A. So that is my piece. That's the last thing r remotely approaching an ad that you're going to hear on this episode. So let's jump in again. Spoilers for season five and beyond with Jeremy Shada. And then we will get to the super crazy fun Fan Expo Canada game show Q&A that I did with four out of the six paladins. Oh, well, is that a bit of a spoiler? Maybe it is. Who knows? All right. Well, I've already done it. So here's Jeremy. How are you guys doing tonight? Thank you. Wow, a nice warm welcome. I'm glad you guys are awake. Oh, hello. Yep. Jeremy's never sat in a director's chair before. There we go. Okay, I was half expecting it to break when I jumped up there like that, but we're good. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm getting hit with that like that midday drowsiness, but yeah. you guys are awake, which is good, and you're waking me up You're going to keep us going. So, so uh, I, you know, I have to ask, this, this is the dumbest thing to lead with in the world, but uh, people, people pronounce it different ways. Is it Shada or Shada? It is Shada. So I'm sure yeah. th there was like probably 50, 60 people in here that were like, crap, I called him Shada oh, earlier. God. He probably thinks I'm a terrible so person. So nice to meet you, Mr. Shada. I get, no, it's, it's fine. It's, it's Shada. I don't even correct people because I feel like that's almost like, I feel like that makes them feel bad doing that. So I don't correct anyone ever. But, but I get Shada, Shada, uh, Shada. That sounds like a character it's, on Voltron. Yeah, it does. It's very, it's very exotic sounding. I am Lord sounding. Shada. My name is Shada. It's, it makes me sound much lions, Voltron. <laughs> makes me sound much more cool than I actually am. <laughs> so you've you've been doing uh, cartoon work for uh, for some years now. Uh, going, quite a while. Yes. Quite a while. What were you a fan of uh, before you got into the business doing this stuff? Uh, well, I I started acting when I was about uh, about five or six years old. So I was a wee lad. Um, and before that point, I don't remember a whole lot. I just remember that I was. Uh, very much a fan of any movie or TV show and a lot of comic books um, as far as movies go. What were your go-tos? What were your comic books? Um, Spider-Man growing up was, was, I mean, especially like as a kid, I feel like as a kid, most people, Spidey is pretty big because you can like see yourself, you know, you're like, oh, he's not that much older than me. I could be him. Um, on the DC side, like Robin, Nightwing growing up. Um, and then, I mean, and then all like the animated shows and everything, just, just a lot of stuff. Uh, but I guess that was what got me interested. It's just I wanted to be a part of um, entertainment and movies and TV shows. And they'd started making, like, cool superhero movies finally and stuff. So, like, that as a kid was like, that's what I want to do. 
Um, and then it wasn't until I started acting and I had done some like guest star parts and reoccurring parts, um, live action stuff, that I started doing voiceover through the agency I was with. Because um, as a kid, you don't really think about voiceover being a thing that someone can do. You know, you just think, oh, it's just that cartoon's voice in that show. And then you get older and you're like, oh, wait, no, that's people doing all of those. Uh, and so then I started doing kind of like radio commercial type stuff. And then I think the first, the first like animation um, voice that I did was, I don't even know, it's been a while. Uh, it might have been, it might have been like a guest star part on like Chowder maybe? Chowder? Any fans of Chowder? Yeah, we could. Who wants to be a millionaire? This and ask the audience. I'm yeah, sure exactly. Probably no better than I do. Some of you do. Um, I, and then after that, I just kept uh, working. And then I got Adventure Time, which obviously opened the doors for a ton of other uh, animation. That show just taking off. Thanks to you guys, by the way. Um, and then and then Voltron. They basically called me in for Voltron. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Razzle dazzle. Um, <laughs> They, jeez, uh, yeah, there's was, like a whole host of teenage girls a, over this section. You, they all migrated you, you over there. You expected a response. You did not quite yeah. expect that volume of response. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then Voltron, they, I, they, I think they knew me from Adventure Time, the creators, and so they, uh, they asked me to specifically audition for Lance, um, and I did, and then I went in and met with them, and then when I met with them in person in the actual booth, they had me audition for Lance again, and they also had me audition for Keith uh, early on, too. Which I know what you're thinking, that makes absolutely no sense. He does not write for Keith. You're probably correct in that statement, but um, my Keith was very different than, uh, than my Lance. Your but Keith was probably like your Batman that we heard this afternoon yes, at Twisted exactly. Tunes. Justice. Uh, yeah, it was very much like that. Um, but then they got, the, they got the perfect cast. Steven Yun is as amazing as Keith, and, and Lance, honestly, I'm glad that I'm Lance because he is such a fun character to play. You know, getting to be a kind of wannabe ladies man, he thinks of himself as Captain Kirk, just comic relief, space soccer is my favorite thing in the world to do, so. Uh, so that's a brief history of uh, The brief me. history of Jeremy Shada. Now we've got microphones set up in both aisles. Go ahead and line up. If you've got questions, we want to hear them. I've yes. got one more. I want to see some, I see some elbows. Yeah. I want to see some, yeah, just really attack those people to get that spot in line. I'm kidding, that was a joke, please don't do that. I'm sure that there, there, there are a bunch of Adventure Time fans and Voltron fans here. Uh, I. The, the, one, the one thing I wanted to ask about Voltron before we turn it over to the hordes of people that are lining up. Good God, you better get in line if you want to ask a question. We're going to get to as many of it as we can. Um, Voltron, you, uh, you worked on the swan song project of voice director Andrea Romano. The yes, great I did. The among greats. I did. Uh, I don't know anybody, if you don't know who Andrea Romano is, she, I mean, she was the main voice director for, for Voltron and most of any DC animated shows is usually Andrea Romano. Batman the Animated Series, uh -huh. Justice League. Um, I worked with her actually before Voltron on Batman Brave and the Bold. Um, I played, yeah, hey. Outrageous. Exactly. I played young Robin on that show, which was really fun. Um, and then she also did, I think she, I want to say she did a good amount of stuff on Last Airbender and Legend of Korra probably too. Yeah. Uh, and just like a bajillion other things. She is just one of the best voice directors, period. She's, she's just amazing. And you, so, had, you had already been in the business for some time, but I mean, how, how much did you learn from a, a veteran uh, that, that you worked with like Andrea? It's funny because even someone, I mean, there's certain voice directors you'll work, you'll work with that have a extremely specific uh, vision of what they want in their, in their heads when they go in, regardless of what you're you know, going for. Andrea, I think, is one of my favorites just because 
she's very good with letting the actor kind of um, do what they want naturally first. And then if it's, if it's totally, you know, completely off base, she is the best, most encouraging person to nudge you into where you need to be. But um, she really gives people the time just to kind of honestly figure it out <laughs> uh, in the nicest way. And she's, uh, she's very encouraging and sweet about it. And she, and she knows when she's gotten something. Like, she does not need to get a second take I mean, you get like you always get one as a backup anyway. But like once she's got it, she doesn't need to do it a different way because she's like, no, we got it. Um, and that as an actor is so helpful because you know you're not like second guessing something. You just you put the performance down. She knows it's good, uh, and you just move you move forward. So it's good. Precision and focus very important. Yeah. Also important for audience questions. Now there are a bunch of you lined up. I think we can get through a lot of you. Uh, but to help us out and make sure that your friends in line also get to ask their questions, please make sure that we've got a question mark at the end of what you've got to say. Everybody loves Jeremy. I love Jeremy. Uh, but we want to make sure that, uh, that the professions of love, he'll be back at his table after this for that. You can tell him. Although I guess you could just time. say, I love you. And then it's a question, technically. See? But now, 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 yeah. now, now he's going rogue on me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but let's rock and roll. Let's start over here. Okay, this is random. But what was your favorite part of Epcot and why? I like this guy. I like, I like this guy. We're starting off well. Starting off very well. <laughs> yeah, I was at Epcot last night, by the way, as you don't know. Um, and that's hard. You know what's funny? Epcot, as a kid, is like the worst place in the world. It's terrible. You're like, there's no rides here. I'm just walking all day. This place is terrible. Then as you get I don't older. Go to a garden exactly, show. Exactly. Then you get older and you're like, Epcot's the best. There's all the different countries of the world just you can walk get like a butterfly room. Exactly, it's so great. Um, I think, I mean, one of my favorite parts is definitely just going through the various little nations around the world. That's super fun and getting just like a little bit of food or something at each at each one. That's that's my favorite. Um, and then uh, test track is fun too. I like I like test track. That's a good question though. Thank you. Yeah. Hi. Um, Hello, Lance cosplayer. I saw you earlier, didn't I? Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, speaking of, your kissophobic music video killed me because of that. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, very ironic, yeah. Uh, she's, what she's mentioning, those of you who don't know, I have a band called Make Out Monday. Uh, oh, thank you. So, you know, our, um, our first full-length album just came out, I don't know, maybe two months ago, if that, less than that probably. Um, and the first single uh, for the album was a song called Kissophobic, and we did a, a music video for it that you can watch on YouTube, shameless plug. Um, it's a, and it's like a, it's a Back to the Future homage of the under, uh, disenchantment under the sea dance. Or it's enchantment under the sea in the movie, but ours is the disenchantment under the sea dance. Um, so that's what she's referencing. Thank you for knowing that. That's very cool. Um, so since Lance is canonically Cuban, mm -hmm. and you said that he once had a Spanish line, can I teach you a really, like, like a short Spanish line? Sure. You're my favorite question so far, too. I'm Cuban, so yeah. we're good. Are you really? Yeah, man. That's awesome. I got you. Um, okay, so I have... Dale, what you got? I have one really simple, which is pretty much in Spanish. You mm -hmm. activate my particle barrier, or, hi, my name's Lance, I'm the boob paladin. I like the uh, girl you already activated my particle barrier, because it's one of my favorite lines. It's just, it's good. You can't go wrong with that one. Okay, so... What is that in Spanish? Oh, I'm about to. Oh gosh, I'm so, gonna butcher on, this. Can you bring the script up here for me? Oh yeah, please. I, you know, I am gonna butcher we, it otherwise. Go. All right. Okay. Tu activas mi barrera de partículas. Oh, you speak. Yeah, I speak That's Spanish fluently. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm the, I'm the Spanish voice of. Uh, there we go. Perfect. There we go. Tu. 
Tú activas mi barrera de partículas. Tú activas mi barrera de partículas. 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 Barrera. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Charge them twice. Hey. Dub voice. Thank you. That was very cool. But so you understand, that's why I don't speak Spanish on the show. So, <laughs> not great at it. Over here, go right ahead. I wish I was. Lance obviously says a lot of like ridiculous and funny things. Do you have an all-time favorite line that you've said as Lance? You got some good lines. I have some great lines as Lance. Um, I mean, razzle dazzle is obviously a, it's obviously a great one. Um, Shut your quiznack, awesome. I, I actually do think that, um, girl, you already activated my particle barrier. It's probably my favorite, just because it's so unexpected in that type of show, but it's in the best way. I don't, I didn't remember recording it, and then we got to ADR, which is when the, it's, the show's animated, but you have to like uh, either redo certain lines if the animation looks weird with what you did before. For instance, if you were like, hey, let's go, and then it turns out it's an action sequence and your character is like, that doesn't really work, because it's like, hey, let's go, like, it doesn't work, it doesn't look good. So you have to, like, redo stuff like that and add in action noises. And so we got to ADR, and I was just sitting there watching the, the scene unfold, and that line came up, and I just died, because I don't, I didn't remember recording it, because we're usually, like, about nine months to a year after we record something, we'll do ADR. So I have definitely forgotten what's happened at that point. Makes me happy. It's, my, it's one of my favorite lines. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Does he know that Shiro is six years old? Is what? Six years old. Is six years old? Yes. Oh, that's right, because his birthday's in the leap year. And uh, that's second good. thing, real quick, uh, if he does, does he joke around with Shiro about that? Um, I don't think Lance even knows, to be honest. I don't think Lance is that smart. <laughs> gotta be, gotta be I mean, you might be revealing secrets from the next season. <laughs> I, that's true. It's I mean, spoiler to everything is spoiler territory. <laughs> Um, I don't think he would mess with Shiro about it. I think if it was Keith, he would probably make fun of Keith about it. But he, like, really respects Shiro. And, you know, Shiro's, like, this dude that he's, like, role model. He's, like, looked up to for years and years and years. So I don't think he really um, teases him ever. So probably not. But, yeah. I like your Shiro cosplay. Um, I just want to know, what were some of your favorite cartoons uh, growing up? Favorite cartoons. Favorite cartoons growing, growing up. Growing Oof. up. Uh, there's a lot. Um, La Did you watch Voltron growing up? The original one, no. It was definitely. It was before my time. Yeah, it was it before was your time. I think it was probably on DVD by then. But yeah, still kind the, of the original Voltron was before my time. I'd never watched any of it. I knew what it was when I started doing the show, but I'd never watched any of it until we were probably uh, done recording the whole first season. Uh, mainly because I just didn't want to like have. Uh, the other version of my character's voice in my head at all. I just kind of wanted to get good with what I was doing and then go back and watch it so then it wouldn't affect. Um, and, and ironically, it, it kind of works, you know, in the best kind of way. It just feels like a modern uh, version of that. But it, it was, it's, it's cool to see how much homage we paid to that original show uh, in the best kind of way. What uh, did you watch, though, when, when you were a kid? I watched uh, Last Airbender was huge for me. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. One of my faves, uh, Kim Possible, Recess, uh, Teen Titans. Uh, she's hitting every chord with you guys. It's great. Plenty of plenty of classic Disney films and movies when I was really really little. Um, Any of the Disney princesses you've run into on the convention circuit that have kind of freaked you out? Um, it's funny. Uh, well, uh, why am I Susan? 
Yes, I don't know why Susan I'm blanking. Yeah, Susan, who plays Ariel. Uh, well, Susan, Susan no, no, who's no. Megara. I'm sorry, Jody, yeah, yeah. That's, who's right, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, there, we so were just, we just did, I know, there's, there's multiple of them right now. Uh, we just did a panel with Twisted Tunes, and it was funny being next to them and hearing them, <laughs> hearing them sing their voices of those Disney princesses as like the lines in the uh, in the script. It, yeah, it's so weird to hear that because as a kid, you watch those movies on like repeat. I probably watched Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid like upwards of a hundred times when I was a kid. Uh, and so those songs are just ingrained in my head for eternity. And meanwhile, you're sitting next to Megara from Hercules mm. doing Jeremy Shade as Batman. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's very weird. <laughs> Cons are a weird world in the best kind of way. It's so surreal. During Voltron season six, what was your favorite moment filming? Favorite what? Favorite moment filming. Uh, favorite moment of? Filming? Season six. Oh, season okay. Six. Uh, He's thinking through what maybe he recorded then and not what he recorded after it. Is season six the one that's coming up or the one that just aired? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> okay, the one that just aired. The one that just aired. The one that okay, just cool. aired. Let's, let's, let's. Uh, okay, it's five. Okay. Yeah. Because talking about uh, six, uh, we would have, we would have, you know. Oh, by the way, if, you ha if you're not them, caught so. up on the last season of Ultron, which I feel like you are, it's really not hard to binge that thing. It's like Everybody's caught up, yes? Okay, in cool. This room, yeah. I think one of the coolest moments is in that last season is when um, when Lotor uh, actually kills Zarkon, like, and it's like middle of the, it's like, it's like middle of the second episode or yeah, something in a season, which is like the most random time for that big of a thing to happen, which is why I thought it was awesome. Because you're like, they're not going to kill Zarkon. He's probably going to be in the season finale. Oh my gosh, he's dead. Holy crap. Yeah, you think to yourself, wow. oh, I'm going to watch a couple episodes and yeah. go to bed. And then that happens and you go, well, I think I need to re and watch the, the rest the of And the battle is so epic in that episode. So that, I thought that was cool. Just like, you know, not beating around the bush. There's so many shows that like stretch out their villains. That you're like, how is, how is the hero not already won? Come on. They've had like 20 opportunities to take this guy out. So yeah, I thought that was pretty epic. That was pretty cool. of everybody else on the Voltron team. Wait. <laughs> I don't do impressions of everyone. Uh, they would be pretty, most of them would be pretty bad. Uh, Keith would just be very emo. Uh, <laughs> Alora would be very helpful. Um, Hunk would just be, you know, Hunk is Hunk. I can't do a Hunk impression. It's impossible. Tyler's, his natural voice is so good. Uh, however, though, uh, Lance, Mr. Rees Darby. Right, yes. Got to start of the particle barrier. Uh, quite right, yes, the Gora. Um, Quiznack. Uh, I can do it. I can do a Reese impression. That's the one person that I can do an impression of. I love. Uh, I love Reese on the, on the show. Uh, Karen. They call me the Karenic. It's like mechanic, except not. It's, uh, it's, it's not the same thing, but it's, it's close. It's close to it. Uh, I love Reese Darby. So that's the only impression I can really, really do. But I think it's perfect. Uh, first part of that, we do usually uh, record together for the most part. Um, at the beginning of the show, the first probably five or six or five episodes, I think, um, Andrea had the entire cast together uh, for the, like the first five episodes, uh, which you know, to her credit, again, uh, she's awesome. But that's it was a great great way to have us all meet each other and kind of grow that chemistry and get to know each other and get to know each other's voices and personalities in, in context of the show and in person too, but in context of the show because then there's times when people, you know, for other jobs and stuff or scheduling, 
you can't all be there. And so when you already know the person and you know what their voice is, it makes it that much easier to read when they're not there. Because you kind of have a general idea of you know how they're going to do a line and how you should respond to it. And so that's helpful. But there's usually, I think there's always usually at least three or four of us in the booth at any given time. Um, and as far as like the funniest stuff, uh, I mean, we have like inside jokes on the on the show. Uh, there's one about the sixth, you know, the sixth lion that doesn't exist, the brown lion. Uh, it's just that's just poop poop humor. Uh, it's not even <laughs> it's not even a good joke, but uh, um, it's. I think one of the I think one of the hardest episodes, not hardest, but like one of the best ones to record, is coming up. This hasn't aired yet, has it? Uh, uh. Actually, it's not a spoiler though, because it's just a. It's one of the funny episodes. It's kind of like a space mall type episode. Yeah! It's. I mean, it's not space mall, but it's it's like that because it's one of our. It's a, it's a nice break episode from the heavy dramatic stuff, and it we basically. And it is episode number what and what happens in it? Uh, I don't know the episode number. Oh no. But okay. More or less, it's kind of like a mock Dungeons and Dragons type episode. Yeah! Uh, that's as much as I can say, but it's it's so funny because like. Uh, it, it just it, it was it was hard not to laugh the whole time. Just everybody in the booth. It was one of my favorite ones to record. It's just it's very funny. But yeah. Well, I look, I look forward to watching. I look forward to being aired. Yeah. <laughs> Is there one of these animated shows that you didn't have that much actual visual representation of what was going to be on the screen when you first recorded it that really surprised yeah. you once you finally saw it? Uh, probably Voltron. Um, Adventure Time. We saw most of it because. When we're recording, we have st uh, for Adventure Time we had storyboards up on and the pen, screen. And his doodles of it's everything. A, yeah, is it's all much black and white uh, drawings of story like frame by frame when we're recording, so you can see the expression of the character. Bef uh, I mean, they animate to our voices still, but you can see the the, the drawing of the expression in that panel. Um, but Voltron, I hadn't seen. I didn't see any of it until we started doing ADR, uh, and I was like blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, this show looks freaking ridiculously cool. The blend of the animation styles, um, what they do. So that was, yeah, it was really. Now, cool. How much of it did you know that you were doing when Voltron started? Was it just the first season, and then it, it went from there? Uh, without getting into spoilers for pickups and stuff like that, uh, but, uh, we more did generic. Did yeah, more generic. We knew at that. the very least we did know that um, we had a probationary period actually. So we had a period where we recorded the first three pilot episodes, which became one long episode, um, and we recorded those, and it was like okay. Uh, during this period, like you're cast, but we could possibly recast you if it's not working out. And this actually happens pretty often in animation, but they like specifically stated that, and so you're like, all right, I better freaking act the crap out of this line, you know? <laughs> I want to stay, I want to stay around long term. Better treat robot lines uh, like there was, Shakespeare. And there was people replaced. There was probably two, two, at least two different people that were Keith before Stephen. There was at least two different people that were Shira before Josh. At least one or two different Alora's. Um, I was the only Lance. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of stressful, you know. And then finally, finally, we had our first like official. Y'all are the cast. We're not changing your record with uh, with Andrea. And they and they stated that much. They're like, okay, you guys are the cast now. You guys are locked in. Here's everybody. Yeah, no you one's better do good. Yeah. But they're like, no one's gonna change. Like, you guys are it. And so we're like, okay, cool. And at that point, they told us that we were picked up for like a lot of episodes immediately. And we're like, sweet. What characters from Voltron do you ship? What, what was that? I, I seriously didn't hear your question. Yeah. What characters from Voltron do you ship? What characters from oh, Voltron do you right. ship? Oh. That's an hour-long question. It is an hour-long question, but I'm going to do it real quick. Um, I ship. 
Are your ears open, Reddit? I ship. Uh, what is her name? Oh, oh, Hunk and Shay. There you go. I think that was the right answer. I think that was the perfect answer because yeah. that answer doesn't get me in trouble. Hey! <laughs> right over here, Bimo. Okay, so besides yourself, and I know there's lots of Adventure Time characters, which Adventure Time character is your favorite and why? Uh, besides Finn, I think uh, I think the Ice King is one of my favorites. Um, I just I just love what Tom Kenny does to that character, and he throws in so much improv uh, with the Ice King too. And he just yeah, it's one of my favorite characters. It always makes me laugh in the booth. A close second is you know LSP Lumpy Space Princess, and then and then Jake is so freaking cuddly and cute. So yeah. Um, I, oh god, that's so loud. Um, <laughs> So everyone's in this room because you've impacted them in some way. How does it feel to know that there's you're part of something that makes people happier every day? Is it intimidating? Does it make you happy too? Is what does it feel like to know that you impact people so powerfully? Thank you. That's very nice. Um, uh, it's a lot of things. I think it's very it's very humbling. Uh, it's very flattering and. Uh, for me, I'm just very thankful that uh, people love the work that I do and lo love the shows that I'm a part of, uh, because I always say, without you guys, I would not have a career in any way, shape, or form. If you guys didn't actively watch the shows that I am on and love the characters that I get to the great opportunity and blessing to portray, then I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, and so I'm just very, very thankful. And it's, it's. Uh, I guess sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating because you know that you know people have an expectation of you uh, as a person or just as a character. Um, but ultimately, you just kind of do your best to, for me, just be as kind as I possibly can, love on people, and just to have, try and have a happy attitude about everything, and I, there's nothing I can complain about, so. Okay, over here. Hi, um, so recently my friend met um, Tim Hedrick, and he said that Lance does actually remember the bonding moment, but he wasn't emotionally ready to go there. He remembers um, the what? He remembers the bonding moment from, like, the first season with Keith. Oh, okay. When Heath, like, gets exploded, yeah. Got it. So knowing that, like, Heath and Lance kind of became each other's support system in season three, and mm. that Lance willingly opened up to him about his insecurities, how do you think that he felt when, like, Keith suddenly just left? Um, I think that's hard for anybody. I mean, when you, when you, get, uh, when you get close to anyone, that, I mean, that whole crew becomes this family unit. Um, and so I think when Keith leaves, there's a little bit of a void that, you know, I think Lance is definitely bummed and kind of annoyed and, and not sure why. Um, and obviously we know why Keith does it. He's looking for uh, his family and kind of, you know, his, his backstory and his meaning in this. Um, and so I think in a similar way, you know, at the very least, I think Lance can at least relate to that because, uh, you know, he very much misses his family back, in, back on Earth. And so I think there's a little bit of an understanding there, but still kind of, a, still kind of an annoyment that he not really abandoned the team, but left for his own goals, I guess, in what Lance's head would kind of be, um, considering the important work that they do. Um, but I think whenever, you know, whenever Keith comes back, they're, he's just very happy to have him back because it feels like, you know, there's this part that, of this crew that's missing. Okay, thank you so much. All right, last question, because we want to make sure that we get him back oh, to wow. his table so that he can <laughs> see you guys before he jets out of here yeah. for the night. What do you got? So, so this is probably one of the biggest debates in the fandom right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Way to end it. <laughs> yes, I know. I chose such a, well, didn't such I? It's an honor. <laughs> um, in your personal opinion, do you think Lotor is to be trusted or not trusted? Mm. Dangerous question to answer. Dangerous question. Um, uh, I think Lance does not trust Lotor. 
I can say that. I think Lance is very sus of Lotor. Um, I don't like him. I don't like his beautiful white hair. I don't like that. I don't like how he's taller than me. I don't like the way Alora looks at him. Not cool. Uh, yeah, I think that Lance is pretty sus of him. I mean, as as are most. You know, I think I think Lotor is somebody who has his own goals. Whatever those goals are, I think that he has his own goals. And I think you know, when those are lining up with other people, I think he's a good teammate, um, and I think he's very helpful. I don't know if those always will stay aligned or not. Um, I think he's, I think he's a, has a very troubled past. You know, his dad is kind of a crazy, homicidal <laughs> person, so he's got some issues in the, you know, d- deep down. But I think he, I think Lotor generally is still the hero of his own story, at least in some way, you know, so no matter what he does, he still is doing it for a specific reason. Now we jump forward in time again to Labor Day weekend 2018. If you haven't watched through season seven of Voltron Legendary Defender, again, you're not going to want to listen past this point. Let's jump right in as the format of this kind of wacky Q&A that I came up with uh, the day before is kind of self-explanatory. You'll see how it goes, and then I'll be back at the end. Let's bring him out one at a time. Jeremy Shada. Next up, there are a lot of pidges in the audience, but we're going to bring the real pidge out on stage. Bex Taylor Klaus! <laughs> the man with the fancy arm himself, Shiro Josh Keaton! And last but certainly not least, Her Majesty, the one, the only Princess Alora, Kimberly Brooks. Now, Paladins, I warned our audience that we were going to do something a little bit different. Uh, and there, there was a particular game show. What was that game show again that, that we saw in season seven? Snick! We're not playing that game show. We're playing a game show Aww. called Keep Your Jobs, where all of them keep their jobs, <laughs> answering questions from me and the audience. I'm going to start things off. I love that job. I, yes. I, love, I love keeping jobs. That's the yes. game that it's I'm because really, we, we really have, have we have so much Voltron yet to come. We don't want anything spoiled that would yes. uh, that would result in one of them losing their jobs. So that is our <laughs> number one thing to watch out for today. We will be getting questions from those of you in the audience. I'm going to start things off with something uh, something a little bit fun, a little bit silly. I I'm going to start down here with Princess Alora herself, oh, hi, Kimberly. Hi. Kimberly, oh, Kimberly, Kimberly. The first question in the the game show of keep your job. Oh my gosh. When you hear the name Andrea Romano, mm. what does that make you think about? Perfection in direction. <laughs> Ooh, that rhymed. That rhymed. I didn't even mean to do that. But, um, yeah, she was our director, our voice director. She's retired, but she's a legend 
if I'm sure you all, as fans of you know animation, are very familiar with who she is. But she's amazing, and we all were lucky enough to work on her last. I think it was her last. Her last gig. Yes. Yeah. Her last show. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> she retired <laughs> actually a few episodes yeah, exactly. uh, from the end. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I think of. I Josh. Think amazing. Amazing. Josh, uh, I think we've got a very good answer. I think we're going to get 100 all points right. for that mm. answer. Right, Josh. Sweet. Good, good answer, yeah. Josh, uh, how many points can you get with your answer? What do you think of when you think of Andrea Romano? I think of, um, I think of safe and warm. <laughs> Andrea really does, it, she, she's got such a warm personality and she creates such a safe space for us as actors to be creative where mm. we, we just kind of go with what we feel and, and, uh, and we're free to create. And yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah. Bex, play or pass? Absolutely, I'm playing. Okay. <laughs> Bex. What do you take me for? Oh, I'm, I'm giving you the playing. option. I'm giving you the option. <laughs> what do you think of when you think of Andrea Romano? Um, I think of my hero. Aww. She's definitely one of the people that I wanted to work with most in mm -hmm. my career, and I can't even put into words how much it's meant to be able to work with her and to have her direct me and, and help me find these deep, penetrating emotions, <laughs> like... I'm going to bring it back. Season four, episode two. She brought something out of me that I didn't mm. know was in there. And I'm forever grateful for her. You know, we got a couple of great 100-point answers. We got our first 500-point answer. Good job, Beck. Screaming <laughs> into the lead. Jeremy, do you think you can take the lead? What um, do you mm. think of when you think <laughs> oh, excuse me. of Andrea Romano? It's really hard going last. Uh, <laughs> what to say that hasn't already been said. Um, I will echo everything from, from prior, obviously, Andrea's. Probably one of the, if not the best voice directors, I think, pretty much ever. Um, and oh yeah. I had gotten the pleasure to work with her a couple times before we started doing Voltron on like a couple uh, different um, like DC shows, and that was just awesome. And then... But that was like very kind of few and far between just a couple times. And so getting to like consistently work with her um, on Voltron and have her develop well, the kind of the characters with us. Um, and, and I think she just did such a great job of building kind of our camaraderie and chemistry as a cast, which I think anyone that is worth their salt should do. And so the first few records that we had, she wanted to make it a point that we were all there uh, recording together so that even when we couldn't be there for different scheduling stuff at the same time that we had that base plate that we all got to know each other um, We were able to play off each other in the beginning and it makes it so much better when you're going forward because you know the voices that you're <coughs> That you're playing off of even if they're not there You can kind of guess where they're gonna go with their character yeah. and you have a vibe of everything and you get their personalities and so I think that is such an important thing and I think that really shows through in the show and I mean, yeah, what else to say other than she's just the best, cutest little human being on the planet, and we, uh, we love her very dearly. So. That was yeah. a pretty good answer, Jeremy. What do you guys think of that answer? Pretty good? Yeah, pretty good? I mean, I got to be honest, not quite as good as Bex's answer. I'm going to say 400 <laughs> points. Okay. All right. First place after the first I'll question, Bex with 500. <laughs> Jeremy with four. Josh and Kimberly. Can't go for gold, go wait, for silver. Number five. With 100. <laughs> right. Now, Jeremy, you brought up group recording. This is a yes. great lead into the next question. Mm. Fill in the blank. We'll start with you, Jeremy. Perfect. I'm ready. Blank is the biggest problem in the booth when we do a group recording. <laughs> blank. <laughs> fill in the blank. Blank is the biggest problem mm. in the booth when we do a group recording. Ah. Oh uh, I feel like there's a few. Player pass. You can you pass to Bex. Oh, it play. seems like Bex really <laughs> wants to play. I'm going to play... 
I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Reese Darby personally for me. <laughs> Reese Darby. Uh, Mr. Coran, right? Yes, Lance. It's a cranic mechanic that I call that for nothing, right? Uh, he always makes me laugh, and I've had a lot of scenes with him, and so it's kind of hard to go back and forth and not laugh at times uh, with Mr. with Mr. Rees, Rees Darby. So I love I love I love that man, but I think Bex has a. It seems like you have a better answer. So that was a very that was a very large blank. What what was that, Bex? The brown lion. Ah, uh, yeah. The brown lion. I, I don't recall seeing the brown lion in the show. Exactly. You probably won't. You probably won't. <laughs> kind of Ever. internalized. Silent, <laughs> deadly. Silent, deadly. Yes. Stinky. He's the deadliest lion, really. <laughs> all right. He right. foams Voltron. Yeah. <laughs> we have Bex's answer. Josh, blank is the God. biggest problem in the booth. Bex stole my answer. I know I did. Yeah. Well, sadly, you're going to have but to go okay, on something else. Okay, I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. I'm not passing this one. Um, I'm going to say, can I hear the question one more time? Blank is the biggest problem in the booth during a group recording. I'm going to have to go with Jeremy. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? My second answer was Josh. When I say problem, it's not necessarily that it's a bad problem. It's just... Jeremy tends to get all of us laughing, <laughs> and uh, and and then and then we have to be brought back to to reality by Andrea. But uh, and and actually, you know what? Yeah, I take that back. I'm not going to throw you completely out of the bus because it's both me and you. Yeah, it's it's usually like it's, it's me. It's I'm just too. trying to pass it off on everybody else. For sure. I, I am the biggest problem in the booth. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, no. The correct <laughs> answer is all of you guys. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, good are answer. the problem. And Andrea was always trying to like, okay, you guys, we actually have to record the show today, so can you shut up? Um, but no, there it's like a, it's like a comedy routine in there. It's it's hilarious. Everybody's I mean, everybody's funny. To, um, I think the brown line pretty much yeah. started yeah. the thing that can never be stopped. Yes. <laughs> um, so but yeah, it's, I think just Aww. us all, be, when we're, it's, we're so excited when we get to record together because, you know, people are busy. Certain actors are hardly ever there, like Steven. <laughs> yeah. He's busy. He's we love busy. you, though, Steven. We he love you. Yeah. Yeah, he's great, great he has a baby. And he's a little baby, too. So he's freaking yeah, killing he's busy. it. No, we love him. Man. It's just great when we all do get to get together so it's just like I don't know I gotta say one of my favorite memories from in the booth is I was having a full conversation with Josh and Ty and I hear my cue I turn to the other mic I turn to the mic say it and go right back to the conversation <laughs> with Josh <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and I turn back to Josh and I realize like as I'm finishing my sentence he's just like the timing was perfect by the way too. I know. It, was, it was pretty oh, yeah, no, that's the take nailed it you nailed it but <laughs> But it was like, he was just like, wait, I didn't even know that you were, we were still recording at this point. I didn't know it was your turn. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to just shut up now. <laughs> Everyone in the booth is just like. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording. <laughs> it worked. We did. It did. Well, Paladins, these were all great answers. I can't pick which was the best. I'm going to need to ask the judges. Audience, was Jeremy's answer the best? No. Reese Darby is the biggest problem in the booth. No. Let's hear it. Yep, I didn't say Silence. <laughs> silence. Okay, fine. Wow. Speaking Be of that way. Speaking of silence. He is a gorgeous freaking man that is funny and I uh, love his accent. That doesn't really sound like a problem, though. That no. sounds like, like pluses. That's true. Those, those are all pluses. I just all named right. pluses. So. All right. Came up right. empty for Jeremy, but what do we think of the brown lion coming to Target stores? Okay. Sounding pretty good. Josh Keaton said somebody on the panel filled that <laughs> blank very well. Yeah. 
What do you think, Jeremy? Is Jeremy the biggest problem in the booth? No. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And it's the audience bad. turns. <laughs> Now, Kimberly, Kimberly took advantage of having the last spot. Picked a, so picked a really brilliant all-of-the-above answer. What do you think? The whole so cast guilty. is the biggest problem in the booth. Yeah. You guys know. You know. With, with resounding okay, no, acclaim, yeah. Princess Alora jumps into the lead with 1,100 points. <laughs> Thank you. Josh, what are we doing? We're, we're just we're not doing well. I know. We're... Uh, <laughs> We 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 gotta we gotta form better answers. Than this. Josh, we're gonna bring the next one to oh you. Oh man, okay. We gotta have some we gotta have some extra credit. I'll try not to stick it up. We're gonna try to get you there. We're gonna try to like get you line. to All right. some more points. Josh. Yes, I'm ready. Of your castmates. Yes. Whom do you feel closest to? Oh, come on. You can't do that to me. Well, okay. That's the correct answer. Right now, yeah. right now, I have X. But um, <laughs> that's cheating. Honestly, like, I, I could not pick one. If, I, I would if say you were on a boat and it was sinking oh. and you only, you only had one. Wow. <laughs> Who would you choose? As if Shirley Who hasn't been through enough. Who do you save? Who, would you, Who do I save? Oh. I save everybody and sacrifice myself. Oh, oh. so Shiro, come on. You know what? That was the same audience response to the I want to be a paladin in the Dungeons and Dragons game. <laughs> so, Josh, here's the thing. You just earned 2,000 points, jumped yeah! into the lead, and this is the Space Dad Woo! Award. That is your button right there. All right. Because that is the most Space Dad answer All right. you could have possibly got. I'm going to make sure that Save everybody yourself. This is why safe. you were not in the, fe in the, in the feud episode. Because yeah. that would have been your answer. Yeah, that, that is. That <laughs> is. One. That's the answer. Would have won. Now I've got, I've got, I've got one more, and then we're, I'm going to jump out into the audience, and who knows how crazy that's going to get. Woo. Wow. For all of you, and this may go a little bit more serious. Okay. The fandom of Voltron has been just explosive, effusive, so enthusiastic and lovely. I love all of you guys. <laughs> These guys love all of you. Okay. When it comes to showing your love and appreciation for the show, what would your advice to your fans be? The internet's a big, crazy place. You know, a lot of people can be big fans of things. I'm really bad. A lot of bad. people can write those comments. That's the reason we don't read the comments. <clears throat> what, what would you say, being on the other end of receiving the love, receiving some of the not-so-love? I love love. I love love. <laughs> I love love. You know, well... I, I love think people are passionate about the show, and so they're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna love it at times, you're gonna hate it at times, and, and I guess at the very end of the day, we're giving you an emotional response one way or the other. So That's we're doing what our job right. So, uh, so thanks for the passion. That's what the I would passion. say. Thank you guys. We love it. We I love agree. all of you. I totally agree with that. That was my answer. You know the crazy thing that tied everything up. Oh wow! Yeah, it right. It's a tie game. Mm. Wait, I'm whoa. Wait. It's a tie game now. I don't know how the math works, but I'm wandering into the audience. <laughs> I know Come on, Pidge. Somebody yeah. have a question? Pidge has a question right here. It's Altan math. All right, Pidge. Uh, okay. What's our next question? Finger counting, it's more of a... Uh, hey, guys, thank you so science. much. Oh, wait, sorry. He's ruining it again. <laughs> sorry, See? that was extremely See? rude of me. My bad. Um, so, first of all, thank you guys so much for being here. And so my question is, if you had your own Bayard, what color would... <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. Thanks to you. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> uh, so if you had your own bear that was, like, actual magical and not a prop, mm. what would it transform into? What would your personal ideal Bayard weapon be? Mm. Ooh. 
Somebody could leap all the way into a healthy lead with a really great answer to this one. Mine would definitely transform into a nice uh, long-range rifle that also that also has a lance on the back of it that I can use <laughs> for close-up combat. <laughs> wow. I love it. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty Cheers. good. See, the thing about Zarkon is that he learned how to sw- switch what his Bayard turned into. That's cheating. <laughs> and that's what I want to do, because like, it depends on what kind of battle I'm in. And that's having that ability is... is <laughs> such a, first of all, yes, mm-hmm. but also such an asset in battle because that way you can go from a bow staff to a long sword to a rifle to a to mm-hmm. a handgun, whatever you need for any given combat situation. And that's what I would want to work on is I would want to work on training mm-hmm. myself to be able to utilize the Bayard to its fullest potential. But what if you only had one choice? Ooh. But if I only had one choice, I'm really proficient with firearms. Yeah. I am from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> from Georgia. I know. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Come on. Like, it's such a stereotype. I could come up with something better. <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of would have to go and, and go in a similar direction to, uh, to, to Beck slash Pitch here. Um, I also played Green Lantern, and I really love that that, that the lantern energy can kind of take on whatever the the wielder wants it to take on. It could be any kind of construct, and, it, and it's limited only to your imagination. Where, like, if I wanted to, I could I could make it into a massive car that I drop on you, and it's just a fake car, but it <laughs> still does all the same things. And um, I, w- I would love to do that, but I would I would love to do it with like really kind of like silly weapons like that, like like a big like a big blunderbuss <laughs> or uh, or a big comical hammer or uh, or yeah or like like a big a big Mac truck that, you know, all that kind of stuff. Where you can you can just make it like a, like a big cartoon. Yeah, no, no, throw practical out the window. We we want crazy. Absolutely. Look, I gotta say, it's so hard picking something other than Pidge's Bayard because what she's got is such a useful weapon. It is. Yeah. yeah. It really. Is. I kind of want to stick with what Pidge has. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say about Alora. The whip. I yeah. love the whip. Oh, good. Awesome. Whoa. Like, where did that come from? All of a tell, sudden, she just tell has us this how whip. you really feel, whip. Kimberly. I love yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I'm just sticking with the whip. It works yeah. in right. so many situations. Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's. They what's did a good name? job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's your name? You got it. Got it. Let's hear it for Hannah, everybody. Great question. Hey, 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 hey. And this is unprecedented. <laughs> Hannah has jumped into the lead with 25,000 points. To eliminate one of our paladins so that she can take their place. I don't know how that's going to work. Can we give some extra points for the most pidge response I've ever seen to laughter? 30,000 points. (laughs) 30,000 points. And you know what? You win. That's a great suggestion. We have a a sticker that was found in Artist Alley that I'm giving to Bex from Hudson right here. Look at that. Thank you. My my co-host here, Bex. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? I got to go to this side. We start here. What do you got? Hi there, thanks so much for coming. Hey. Uh, so just out of curiosity, I know you guys spend a lot of time when you can in the booth. Have you guys ever managed to have any time together outside of work? And have you had any shenanigans there that are not spoilerific? Uh, I forgot, I didn't hit the last part of that question, actually. <laughs> do, you, do you get much time to spend outside of the booth, hanging out, causing trouble, uh, setting cars on fire? <laughs> uh, 
The car, yeah, the car, ha- the car happens occasionally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why do you think we all ended up with new cars? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're uh, we all kind of yeah. We we definitely have time to hang around. We yeah. we always uh, we did last night. Yeah, we hung out last night. We're probably gonna hang out tonight. Um, mm-hmm. We get together. Uh, I mean, we did the, the "You're Welcome" video, and uh, we were trying <laughs> to get Jeremy in, but he was filming a band, a music video for his band the same day. But if we um, do something similar to that, I'll probably be the next one. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's we we definitely we definitely hang out yeah. outside. I still have to do. It's not easy being green. So. Yeah. <laughs> and we both have the same kind of car, so I'm gonna actually help Kimberly uh, mod something on her car. Yeah. When I and mod he's mine. also gonna help me mod something on my car, even yes. though it's not the same car, but because it's he similar. Yeah, similar. He's pimping yeah. our rides. We'll figure it basically. out. Yes. Yeah. What We're all coming over to the garage and, and, uh, and we're going to work on stuff. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, what was your awesome. name? Yes. Let's hear it for Haley, everyone. Haley. All right. Thank you. All right. Who do we got? Who do we got? I'm going to go back to the back. I'm going to go to the back to the back. Oh, hello. Hey. <laughs> so on a topic of uh, Miss Andrea Romano, and you guys are all very talented voice actors, what are some advice you have for people who are looking to get into this kind of field? Which one of you is going to snipe D. Bradley Baker's I want to be a voice actor.com answer first? Oops, I already did. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> D. Bradley Baker, I want to be a voice actor.com. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, we, we actually get asked this question a lot, so um, I can, I mean, if you guys want. Go yes. for it, dude. Um, my advice would be three things. You want to take improv classes because you need to get very comfortable in your own skin and not be afraid to look like a fool, because you will, and it's okay. Um, two, sing. Sing as often as possible because it's like yoga for your voice. It's going to help you with vocal range. It's going to help you with your uh, vocal dexterity, with your pitch control, with your ear, endurance, stamina, everything. And, uh, and then finally, read out loud as p- often as possible. It doesn't matter to who. It doesn't matter what. You just need to get really comfortable with interpreting text on the page and bringing it to life without a lot of time because you don't have mm-hmm. that luxury in our business like it's you get the you get the sides and, and you got to perform it and that's it so um as f- the, the faster you can get at that the better yeah. definitely learn how to cold read yeah and i think just the simplicity of taking a voiceover class too is also sure. a good way to start to make sure it's it's for you. I mean, it's. I think a lot of people enjoy the performance. Ask your doctor. Is voice yeah. acting right for yeah. you? <laughs> Side effects may include. <laughs> yes, Gas it's. Gas with discharge. <laughs> yeah, I think vo- that's how I started. And you know, you have the, You know, it's a lot different than when I started. But you have the internet, and you have. There's so much going on, and you can take. You could. Uh, who else has a class? There was someone else. Uh, Steve Bloom oh, Steve is actually Bloom. having online classes that you can you can take from wherever you are in the world. Yeah, and he's excellent, oh, and he, he knows a lot about yeah. the Neil, business. Neil Kaplan as well, I think. Neil Kaplan. Zarkon himself, if Zarkon, you want to take some voiceover take classes voiceover from class. Zarkon, he's starting to teach them. I think, I think that's a really online. good way. Yeah, definitely. Well, 50,000 points for Josh, 50,000 points for Kimberly, (laughs) negative 25,000 points to Jeremy. (laughs) I'm playing my own game. Y'all don't even know. (laughs) All right, over here on this side, over here on this side. I'm going to go. You sound like you're about to get warfled, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Hello. Thanks so much for being here, guys. You're amazing. Thank Um, you. My question is, what's the hardest line that you've had to record that still turned out all right or great or whatever? Oh, you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so many. So many, like, whenever it's some sort of scientific jargon that's, especially when it's Quran made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clan mural. Clan mural. He's already scratchable. I can't, I just, can't, come on, man. <laughs> it's also made I up. I love my job. I get to do random crazy words all the time, which is great. I'm just always terrified the first take. 
It always gets better after the first take because you realize, oh, okay, <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. That's just what it's gonna be. Um, but yes, I have uh, easier words. I don't, ha- I don't have a lot of the sci- the sciencey jargon, so I don't have, <coughs> I don't have that type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. I can escape by without doing that. I just have flirtiness and lots of screaming. The yeah, screams, uh, though. I mean, those screams. Yeah, I have lots of screams. Th- those are hard, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, do you remember in that first episode when we had to ADR it like three times because our screams were too similar? Yeah, so fun fact. Uh, <laughs> they apparently, my them. voice is very similar to Bex's when we're screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I had to redo it occasionally because it ca- basically came through like on the same pitch, and it was just like it sounds like it's just two of the same person. <laughs> and, and I so. believe they actually had you go higher. <laughs> they had they had me go higher, yeah. So somehow my voice is higher than the Bex. Yes. <laughs> wow, fifty thousand points to Bex. Fifty thousand points to Jeremy for being vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> next question. Hey, next question. I'm coming right up on your shoulder, right here. What's the craziest thing that happened on set that you can tell us? <laughs> because the name of the game is Keep yeah, Your Jobs. Uh, I don't even. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. oh. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's probably not appropriate for the, the family-friendly audience that we have right here. Um, we, make, we make a lot of, a lot of pretty uh, inappropriate jokes. And I can tell you that if, you ever, if anybody ever releases, like, um, bonus outtakes? Audi- outtakes. Audio outtakes, yeah. It's probably going to be not safe for work. There's yeah. a lot of cursing. A lot of potty mouth. <laughs> There's a lot of pidge cursing. We try to keep it like, you know, PG 13 on our socials and stuff, but once we're in the booth and it's just us, like, no it, it's pretty and bad. And like when you do some, like when you're in the middle of a really emotional um, line and, you, and it's a long one and you get so close to the end and then you, you mess up. It's so hard to keep yourself from just screaming out some sort of curse word. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Difficult, guys. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you, you got yourself into that emotional place, and now you have to kind of undo all of the, the, the place you went during that performance <laughs> and now go and start it again. It's, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Or just when you're having a tough time uh, because it's a really funny scene, and, <laughs> and you just can't, you can't even just start the you're, – you're, you're already laughing when you start, so it's, you can't even get through the words. So it takes, like, ten minutes solid to get, like, the simplest line. Yep. I, f- uh, I feel like Reese says that a lot because they write. They <laughs> just, yeah. They write just crazy He's stuff like, uh, on no, purpose. That's not the line, is it? Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to find the words. But I yeah. gotta say, when I've I, I've had a lot of moments where where Reese is doing some huge like monologue full of Altaian gibberish, and he just he gets he gets so close to the end. So close to the end, and then all of a sudden he'll start going off on a completely different sentence, being like, "No, that's not what I was supposed to be saying." But I can't keep. I gotta keep talking. So funny. Good question. A hundred thousand points to all of you for keeping your jobs. Okay. All right. Let's go Sweet. back here. Right here. Right here. Keeping you. I love this game. So I love Lance. A lot. Me too. But yeah. Lance a lot. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm not gonna stand up, Mom. <laughs> but uh, but he's like one of the least well, the most underloved character for his role in the fandom. Underloved? Underloved. <laughs> he deserves Are we watching more. the same what show? Are you Girl, watching? I don't know what you're talking about, but in I think the there's fandom. lots of love for Lance to go around. So. <laughs> <laughs> what did he just tell me? What did he just tell me? 
it's I mean, good lord, just look at my tagged feed on like Instagram and everything else. It's just like fan art, fan art, fan art, fan art. So mm -hmm. I, it's, it's to me, it seems like he's loved a lot. I get yeah. tagged in Lance fan yeah. art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, where's my pitch fan art? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question to go with that. Uh, it's uh, what do you think is the least love scene that you guys did with your characters that like didn't seem to get as much reception as you thought it would? Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to tell at times because I think with, like, with social media and stuff, too, like, I think you have a lot of people that really love, the, love all of it. And a lot of times people love something a lot, and they're like, oh, great scene. Like, they don't immediately run to social media just to say how much they loved it. If it's, like, really solid and good, they'll just kind of be like, wow, that was awesome. And then they'll just uh, move on. I think you, a lot of times the stuff people don't like you see more because they're more like fire it up and so they'll go and post about it and so it makes it seem like things are worse than they actually are I think at times um, and then when you come to like fan events like this you get just like all of the yeah, yeah all the love and stuff so it's kind of hard to quantify right. that I would feel like and, and tell what scenes are the least I, I, I don't know I'm not really sure yeah it's hard to answer because yeah. I would actually, like, for my character, I would say it's, like, kind of the opposite. Well, I, I have an opposite experience where, like, I didn't... I loved the Monsters of Man episode. I loved mm -hmm. it. But I didn't realize how much, like, the Shiro scenes would, would like, would catch on. Like, yeah. people love the, that episode. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that was, that was super fun, but I didn't, I didn't expect that reaction, for sure. Also. Yeah. So that's yeah. the reverse. <laughs> 100,000 points to Josh, 100,000 points to Jeremy, and 200,000 to Bex for being tagged in all of Jeremy's Instagram posts. <laughs> wow. Right here. Hi there. I hope hey. Good morning, you guys. Hi. How would you guys feel if there's a, a Voltron party going on in there with you guys? Like a Voltron birthday party. That would birthday. be awesome. Going on where? Like anywhere in a <laughs> floating castle, for example. Where everyone is invited, like super fans and all that. Great. Plan it. I mean, yeah, parties are awesome. Voltron parties sound awesome. So it probably have to be in the past before the castle kind of, you know. Uh, yeah, the yeah castle maybe the Atlas. The castle's gone. Yeah, yeah, in the Atlas. We'd serve goo. We'd yes. serve like the castle <laughs> exploded. Goulash. 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 And also, um, what is your favorite food to eat, you guys? Food goo. <laughs> oh, like our actual, uh, our favorite foods? Yes, uh, all of you guys. Oh, I'm a, I'm a carnivore, so probably <laughs> like a nice hearty steak is, uh, <laughs> is where I'm at. <laughs> um, sorry if that offended you. <laughs> sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry about that. Suddenly, <laughs> Scottish, very Scottish, up Scottish. on the stage. <laughs> Scotsman. <laughs> got to follow. I'm like. <laughs> Uh, rice and beans. Oh. Cuban style rice and beans. Oh, right. Yummy. That's my favorite. Uh, That's I'll my cook for you. Yeah, Sweet, yeah. Uh, for me, pizza. No, you didn't. You didn't. Try again. What? Accent. Oh, oh for, for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I like to eat pizza. <laughs> I especially like it with the pepperoni. <laughs> uh, I like sausage. Saucy. <laughs> uh, I like lots of cheese. I don't. I don't like vegetables. I. I don't. I don't like pepperoni on my pizza. It's. It's no. It's no good. It's, it's quite <laughs> disgusting. Um, tacos and tequila. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
I mean, I literally have a shirt that says Tacos and Kayla. Screaming into the lane with a million points, Kimberly Brooks. We have a question right here from a young fan. What do you have for us? What's your name? Violet. Violet, this is going to be amazing. Let's hear it for Violet, everyone. I met Violet. Could Violet jump into the lead by asking the best question of the day? What do you have for us? I met her, yes. What is Lotor doing in the void? Now all From the mouths of bulls. I'll remind you. The name of the game again, and Violet knows this, is keep your jobs. <laughs> the, the deepest questions come from the smallest places. <laughs> I know. I actually, I have an answer for this. Oh. I do too. He's scrolling through Instagram, angry that he's not there with the paladins having fun. Aww. <laughs> Aww. And obsessively braiding his hair. Yes. I was saying he's definitely brushing his hair, for sure. <laughs> um, playing some solitaire. Altain Solitaire. Trying to get um, sponsored right now. Toriel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's working on some other business ventures. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's not doing anything. He's regretting his Every decision. Everything. He's regretting That's life. what I think. <laughs> yeah. I think his head looking like a balloon. You know. <laughs> I think it's safe to say five million points for Violet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're going to be out of paladins if you guys keep outscoring them. What do you have for us? Also, fun fact, uh, the voice actor AJ, who plays Lotor, fantastically also plays Griffin in... Uh, yeah, he's also James Griffin. Yeah, he does. I don't know what it is, but they keep casting AJ as very charming assholes. I can't say <laughs> that. <laughs> you didn't hear that. Cover your ears. I told Are you, you trying about to lose any of your job, <laughs> <laughs> I've got bad news. Bex, negative five million points. <laughs> Fair so and well. valid. What's your you name? What so do you want? My name's Ray so from so CrossConnect Cosplay, and I, um, first of all, I love you guys. Second of all, of course, I'm asking a Monsters and Mana-based question. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, Mechlevar. Yes. <laughs> the best. Um, so, um, if you guys were to play, like, first of all, would you ever consider playing Dungeons and Dragons based RPG together as a group? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look, I've been trying to set this up. I'm yes, not yes, kidding. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. I've got a game master. And if you did, A, down. would you live stream it? And B, what character, like, um, what would your classes and races be? And you can't cop out and use the character sheets I gave you. You know, usually I, the, the whole like multi-part question thing, but it's a Dungeons and Dragons question, yeah, so everything yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is multi-part. <laughs> All right. Characters, guys. Um, <laughs> I've never played, so I'm not completely familiar with the, the races and classes. Me neither. The closest thing that I could say that I've played to Dungeons and Dragons would be World of Warcraft, and I was very obsessed with that for several <laughs> years. Um, <laughs> I always play a druid. Weird. The way that uh, Shiro always play, plays a paladin, like every time I start a character, I go and I go to try to start something else, and then it always ends up being a druid. And that's all I like to play. That's I get bored with everything else. I've so actually is, got are there druids in, in Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, there are. Okay, so I'd be a druid, and then what, what, are, what are the races? <laughs> yeah, but she gave me a character sheet, and I had it on there, so I can't use it. I can't cheat. Yep. Is, so there like, is there like a, like a sneaky rogue type person? There is. That's really good looking and suave? And yes, but yeah. so mm -hmm. is Pike, so you can't use that one. Oh, but uh, I yeah. can't use that nope. one. Nope. Okay, well then, right, then I'll probably be like a bard. I'll be <laughs> like a happy, a happy, joyful bard. He sings songs and helps the heroes in the quest. <laughs> that would be mine. Yeah. 
I uh, let's see. I, I have I play Dungeons and Dragons quite often. I have several characters, and and I'm trying to figure out if I want to pull one of my existing characters mm. or start fresh. Either way, it would be really, really, really fun to bring a drow into the mix yeah. and have some fun with the drow. I don't know what that is, but like, I like I don't even know to. what that is, it's but I got elf. chills. Oh yes, yeah, a dark elf. Yeah, oh, that's sweet. I'm down for awesome. that. I'm down. Awesome. Right. Yeah, they don't have Dungeons and Dragons on Altea, so I have no idea what you guys are talking <laughs> about. But I would, uh, I think, is there a warrior? Like a warrior. Yep. That's, that's okay. what I want to be. Fighter. I want to be you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are really good answers. I think we've tied it all the way up in time for one last question. No pressure. I, it's not, I'm, ju- I'm being told by the judges that we've got to cut it off. So who's got the best last question in the universe? Let's see it. Let's see it. Come on. Who's the most enthusiastic? You're practically throwing your hat off. Okay. All right. Hi. Hi. I love all of you. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for coming. Um, What's up, meme lord? How you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, memes. Thank you for signing the hat, Jeremy. You're my spirit animal. Check it out. My question for you. Um, it's a really meaningful question. I want to know um, out of... Any message in Voltron, what is mm. one message that you just really hope your fans take away from the show? Uh, We're always stronger together. Mm. That's good. Like, we can get stuff done on our own, but we are always stronger together. Mm, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Who else? Anyone else got an answer? Uh, I got nothing. I mean, mine would probably be a variation of that, but uh, I love that, you know, in the show you have these <coughs> disparate, different people that kind of put aside their differences to work together for the greater good, which is very similar to that. But that's, uh, yeah, so I think that's uh, being able to kind of put aside your own self-interest at times for, uh, for the interest of everybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And also, of course, one of the most important lessons from Voltron is razzle-dazzle, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just live your life with a little bit of razzle-dazzle, and you'll be good. That's right. <laughs> I would say um, own who you are. Mm. I think that that's, uh, that's something that holds true for, for everybody. And the paladins are all about finding who they are and, and making sure that they, they can own it. I love it. Um, I would say believe in yourself mm-hmm. and don't give up. Because we've been th- we went through a lot, and if we'd given up... Well, the whole universe, but we, I felt like we always had to learn to keep going and keep going and keep going. And it's kind of a metaphor for life, I think. So that's, that's something. Thank you. Honestly, some of the best answers I've heard, I I have to ask a a tiny little follow-up. In those times that have been tough, when uh, something having to do with your character isn't received terribly well by a certain subset of fans uh, that is completely out of your control, or... Maybe there's something that, that comes out of the show that people aren't. you want to keep aren't... our jobs? <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I do. When, 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 you're, when you're dealing with the, the trials and travails of being someone who the spotlight is on, uh, do, you, do you find that really the thing that you've got to do is, is be stronger together, as Beck said? Is that, is that where you go to in those difficult times when there's so much attention on you, there's so much energy being thrown at you? You know how do you how do you guys cope with having having so much of the focus on you? We talk to each other for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've got that's, group that's chats going. Kind of, yep. Yep. yeah, secret group chats. Mm-hmm. Secret. <laughs> secret received. Secret, 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 secret. 
Yeah, we just we just talk to each other, man. I mean, that's all you got. That's all you can do. There's yeah. You just, I think the biggest thing is just realize there's nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah. everybody's gonna have their own way of interpreting things and their own opinion. And I mean, to be honest, like if people are upset and and it's something that they really feel, then I mean, I I can't judge the validity of somebody's somebody being upset or or being hurt. You know, that's that's how they feel. And um and and all we can do is continue to be positive and continue to try to. Uh, bring everybody a great show and and come and meet you guys and mm -hmm. uh, that's that's really all we can do yeah yeah and it's yep. it's a great way to remind each other that while people's emotions are, are valid and and their hurt is valid what we created is something great and what we've been doing is something important and it's always nice to have your cast family behind you reminding you when 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 you can't remind yourself yeah <laughs> well now, said i gotta say this is really astonishing this has never happened in the one episode history of keep your jobs <laughs> but we have a four-way tie everyone yes. <laughs> We're getting <laughs> So getting good news, bad news, good news. Good news is I think this was awesome, right? Yeah, this is super fun. Bad news, like I said, is that we're out of time, but the yet better good news is that they're here the rest of the weekend and you can yep. see them up in the exhibit hall if you have or haven't. So go see them. Let's hear it one more time for Jeremy Shada, Bex Taylor Klaus, Josh Keaton, and Kimberly Brooks.